0: Let's go, focus, breathe, now pull the thing up, go, 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 up, you've got it, Rawdon. you've got it, stand, stand up!
1: Oh yes, well... Hello and welcome. Thank you for clicking in and making the download. You're listening to Under The Bar. This is the the Clean Health Podcast. And for those of you who aren't aware of Clean Health, essentially uh, we are a a personal training company. We're based out of a state-of-the-art strength training facility located in the heart of Sydney on Kent Street, just a wee wander down from Town Hall Station. My name is Tom Hewitt. I'm a level three trainer at Clean Health. When I started there, there were just five trainers. Now we've got over 20, and I can tell you it can be uh, very, very difficult to get your hands on a squat rack Very difficult in the midst of the early morning peak. Um, joining me on the program every week, and this week, is the club manager down there at Clean Health and a Level 5 performance coach, Mr. Rawdon Dubois. Rawdon, thank you for joining me.
0: Well, thank you for having me, Tom, this week and every other week.
1: <laughs> if you are listening to this podcast... Uh, as every chance you may have had a bit of a sniff around the Clean Health website or our Facebook page. You might have seen a number of uh, fairly dramatic before and after body composition photos that we like mm. to splash around the place. That's it. And um, I guess that is indicative of some of the results that we get for our clients. And it's drilled into us on a daily basis at Clean Health to focus on actually getting results, body composition changes for our clients. And I guess what this program is about... Is uh, maybe sharing some of the systems and strategies that we use to affect those results, and if you can apply them to your own training and get something out of it, then all the better. And Rodan you'll agree with me here. Whatever you and I do discuss on this program, we're not by any means suggesting that that's the only way to achieve Correct. a result. It's just things that we've had experience with that work for us. Exactly, and it's funny when people do talk to me and ask
0: me what the best way to—is to, this going to be the best way to, um, you know, drop body fat or to put muscle mass on and I just tell them, well, it's a way that you can do it and, you know, there's plenty of other ways you can do it as well. So, there's plenty of different ways of doing things but what I like to pride myself on, Tommy, is um, being able to rationalize why I'm doing certain things and and explain it to the client. So, they actually, you know, uh, learn in the process which is hopefully what uh, all our listeners will do over over the coming weeks, learn about what
1: we do down at the CHPC and get it all for free essentially. Coming up on the program today, we've got the exercise of the week. Each week on the show, we'll take you through some sort of bang for buck movement, which you can apply to your training. This week, it is the dreaded split squat. Very, very tedious to perform, but uh, Mm. effective for leg development and fat loss if applied in the right right repetitious fashion. The superfood of the week. On the show, each episode, we'll have a superfood, which you can... Oh. Lick your lips around and coconut oil today. Very, Lip smacking. Very, very tasty. Just to mm. scoop it straight out of the jar. I, I don't mind doing that at all. Training program of the week. We're going to have a bit of a, a fat loss theme to this show, and we're looking at uh, German body composition training. As GBC. A, as our program. If you've had any experience with that, then you've probably vomited after it and, and mm. that's a, a good mm-hmm. sign that you train with the correct intensity. Cheap meal of the week. You may have also vomited after one of those. <laughs> Lord knows we hanker for it by the time it gets to Thursday or Friday. Everyone wants a cheat meal. But do you actually know why you're doing it? Is there a method to your madness? Because it can be quite integral to your body composition results if applied properly or detrimental if you do it in the wrong way. So we'll, uh, we'll have a bit of a look at the science behind the cheat meal. And um, look, if you haven't experienced a, a plump raisin custard bath, then <laughs> perhaps my co-host can take you through it later yeah. in the show. Supplement of the week, we're going to have a look at carnitine, sticking with the fat loss theme, and we'll have a very special guest on the program today, Rachel Guy from Athletic Fox will join us in the studio to discuss female fat loss, very much looking forward to that. If you would like to contact us on the show, you certainly can, and we encourage some feedback, you can email us at podcast at cleanhealth.com.au. And uh, I should mention, Rawdon, that the show is brought to you by Easy Eating.
0: Yes, Easy Eating, the uh, weapon of choice when it comes to, uh, you know, not cooking meals ourselves and, uh, you know, passing the buck to someone else at a a pretty reasonable rate as well, yeah. Yeah, Easy Eating, they provide a a meal service for the Greater Sydney area. Yep, delivered uh, fresh twice a week, well, for us in the... City, it's Tuesday and Fridays, but um, depending on where you live, it, it'll be a couple of times a week, yeah. Uh,
1: deeper in the show, we'll actually give you the chance to win a week's worth of mm. food from Easy Eating, the Clean Health Starter Pack, valued at $159. So That's what's coming up on the show. Next is The Week That Was. The Week That Was, Rawdon, you actually had quite an interesting experience during the week. A wise man once said that you would actually die of sleep deprivation before starvation. Mm. And uh, sleep it plays an integral role in body composition. But it's something which you've struggled with uh, over the years, getting a good night's sleep. And you actually were in uh, Royal North Shore Hospital doing uh, some sort of testing. Maybe you can talk about it. <laughs> you make it sound <laughs> all serious. I'm yeah, washing, I was uh, washing my hands of this one. Yeah,
0: uh, wash your hands of that one.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: so it's very serious. Yes. I was at the uh, the Royal North Shore Hospital, having hooked up. Uh, yeah hooked up to various. I mean, we could probably put a, a pickup on the uh, <laughs> of me with all the electrodes stuck on, if uh, if yeah. the uh, listeners would like to see that. But yeah, I had um, not so much um, problems with sleep, but you know, my sleep generally is just too short due to you know me getting up and training. But I guess the concern for me was I was recommended to do a sleep study because. Fatigue, I guess, and and, and mental fog, well, through the day. So um, that can be a lack of concentration and, and, and a sleepiness, if you will, you know, through the day can be a result of a condition called sleep apnea where, you know, your throat or esophagus sort of relaxes, the muscles in your throat relaxes to the point that they close over when you're asleep. And then you, you know, deprive of oxygen, and then you, you know, you gag and you come <laughs> to. it. Yeah, you do one of those. You know, yeah. you probably snore for a bit. Uh, I'm sure Jen doesn't appreciate me <laughs> <laughs> heaving <laughs> snore, away, heaving away like a wildebeest next to her. But uh, but it can happen uh, you know multiple multiple times an hour. So yeah, you know, very hundred, disruptive. Hundred, yeah, and so the that whole. Sleep cycle um, is disrupted and, um, yeah, the consequence is, you know, over time there's cardiovascular risks and and, and all sorts of detrimental uh, impacts to the body over time, but just in the very immediate short
1: term, you know, like sleepiness the next day and unproductivity the following day. So, Well, I mean, I guess, I mean, when a client comes in, they're obviously very keen to get into some sort of nutrition plan and start training, but it's pretty important to address their sleep Early on, if they're not getting a good night's sleep, I mean, the inflammation in the body increases. Insulin and cortisol production yep. ramp up. Testosterone and growth hormone production decrease. Decrease, So all yeah. the kind of things that you need on that physiological level uh, going the wrong way, and yeah. um, and you have less training drive, and as you said, less productivity overall. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like I guess on a on a very basic level, just less productivity in your day to day activities. Yeah. Let alone, I mean, we're talking about fat loss in particular this week, but yeah, like less, like you said, less training drive, less uh, of a want to to push yourself to where you need to be pushed to achieve the results that you want to achieve. So, yeah. and definitely from the hormonal perspective, uh, you know, the lack of sleep. Um, between the, the hours of 10 and, and, and 2 and that doesn't vary if you go to bed earlier or later you have your, your highest surge of, of growth hormone growth hormone is one of the hormones that you know, especially with what we do at Clean Health is one of the hormones that we want to try and uh, manipulate in our favour to I guess increase fat loss as much as we possibly can and we do that by controlling insulin and, and, and having carbs at certain times throughout the day but you know through the night, a good night's sleep will we'll pay dividends in your, in your fat loss quest. So uh, one of the first things, like you said, you want to try and address is, is your sleep because all the rest is, to some degree, you know, your two 100%. steps forward, one step back type yeah.
1: thing without the sleep. It's another piece in the puzzle that you need to address. So it's cliched, and I'm sure you've heard it before, but magnesium is probably one of the first yeah. go-to options if you're 100%. struggling for sleep. It's very good at calming and relaxing the central nervous system and yep. allowing you to, to get to sleep. One of the things that I like to do and I did it with my clients for quite a period of time and I know that you did as well and I just haven't had a huge turnover of clients and I sort of forgot about it until I was reading up on this for today was empty your mind before bed and it could be via a grateful log or something where you you write down what's happened in your day, what's on your mind, what you're grateful for. I like to do it. I get the iPhone out and just get the voice memo application open and and just mumble as I'm falling asleep and just clear my head of all the day's thoughts or whatever and, and just try and set up a... Positive headspace before mm-hmm. I uh, go down. Maybe we risk. could, uh, you know, play that on it. Play air, a couple of know, those the, on there The, air, the, the yeah. Tom's mumbling. You know, we a, could uh, scintillating.
0: Uh, yes, yes. Well, I know um, you mentioned the the grateful log, and you know one uh, one of the guys that, that influences what we do is is of course Charles Poliquin, and uh, there's something that he advocates very heavily the the grateful log, and I like you mentioned have certainly used it with quite a few clients, and. Um, yeah, I did go through a period where I, I was using it as well and it, it certainly does set you up uh, in the right headspace so yeah. you, you essentially go to bed thinking about positive things yeah you, know, you
1: wake up positive it's really That's right. a crazy concept there's a little bit of magic about it yeah' we, very simple we, but uh, we tend to steer away from those things in the Western world yeah and the other thing is of course just sleeping complete darkness uh, even just a little bit of light could disrupt your circadian yeah. rhythm so uh, create the back cave as they say <laughs> mate, would you like to intro a segment? Just leave that uh, to me. Perhaps. Look,
0: uh, you, you know, you, you push the buttons, mate. I'll just uh, try and be witty on this side of the uh, booth.
1: Exercise of the week. I mentioned no. at the top of the show, we're going to have a look at the split squat. No, yes. Uh, as distinct from a lunge. Mm. So this is an exercise which is, I guess, applicable for beginners intermediate athletes even very advanced athletes who may be uh suffering from injury or have some sort of bilateral imbalance Imbalance, or issues with a lumbar spine and don't want to use maximal loads this particular exercise is is very good for all of those applications to describe the exercise i guess it's a, a unilateral leg exercise so one leg at a time you set yourself up with your feet shoulder width apart take a big long stride forward Keep your chest up nice and high. Move forward first. So drive that knee forward over your toe and then sink your body down, sink your hips down until your hamstring squashes right up against the back of your calf and then push up back through the same driving range. Driving through the heel. Driving through that heel on the front foot as you push back up. So it's not a lunge where you just drop down to parallel and you're both in your yeah. at 90-90. We're trying to mimic what the movement looks like at the bottom of a full range squat but just with one leg so it's it's crucial that you push that knee forward over the toe and sink right down to the bottom of the range and then push yourself back up. So the opposing leg is stretched back correct? Correct yeah so you'll stretch that opposing leg right back and so it's going to require some flexibility through the hips. Uh, and, well, that might and be one flexes. of the benefits Tom that you can improve <laughs> flexibility. Oh it's most definitely one of the benefits and For a beginner, one of the challenges that they typically face with this particular exercise is that hip mobility and getting range through the hip flexors. So what you can do as a very simple uh, starting variation to the split squat is elevate your front foot on some sort of step of ledge. And it can be quite high to start with. And as you establish that range, you can gradually decrease the height until you work yourself to a flat foot and then even a back foot elevated if you're very daring.
0: (laughs) If you're very daring. Uh, Yeah, I I think we should explain also that um, over the coming weeks we want to sort of lay down the foundation of various exercises and um, basic, obviously sleep being a basic requirement for fat loss. But, you know, the basics to, to get yourself up and running and the complexity of the, the exercises and supplementation and uh, programs yes. and things like that will uh, evolve over the coming weeks. So, yeah, I mean, the split squat is a basic movement and you will see it in the, the beginner programs, but it's certainly something that, that I have in uh, a lot of my advanced programs as well. Mm. You know, I, I'm sure I'll have my my bread and butter at the start. There will be a, definitely a, a barbell back squat to... Yeah. Uh, put some hair on the chest at the start of the uh, workout, but then I'll, I'll certainly, I I'll like to have some unilateral movements uh, thereafter just to keep some structural balance in there. And, you know, let's talk about the muscle, the, the, the muscles that are recruited there and um, what we're developing where, you know, to, to develop uh, strength at the bottom of the squat, we want to re- re- fire the VMO and, and, and adductors and well, hell, they're, they're two prime movers in, in a split squat. Absolutely. Especially when we hit that full range like you described with the, the hamstring onto the calf. Knee over the front of the foot. It's not the ninety ninety lunge. We're not really trying to, you know, uh, emphasize glute recruitment, although they are going to be active to some degree. But we are talking about, you know, VMO adductor, hamstring to calf. There is glute for sure. But, um, yeah, the split squat,
1: it's a, it's a staple in uh, pretty much all my programs. There's always going to be yeah. a split squat to some degree. Some sort of split squat or, or yeah. walking lunge variation following yeah. that same technique. You can use dumbbells to yeah. add additional load if you're not worried about a bit of load to the spine you can use a barbell on the front or back so there's a variety of different progressions you can work yeah. your way through. And, uh, you know, obviously
0: you can use the cable as well to add resistance. Yeah. Um, so I guess if you, from a beginner's point of view, you would look at uh, how would we start? from foot elevated to obviously, like you said, it might be quite high, lowering it down, and then you could progress to front foot flat when the mobility's there. And then if there's no mobility issues and the, the, I guess the training age is uh, somewhat significant, back foot elevated, barbell front squat, if you will, Yeah, uh, <laughs> bar on the front. So, you know, the progressions are, um, there's quite a few that you can uh, progress the split squat. But yeah, awesome exercise. And uh, if you want some growth in the lower body and uh, you can't go wrong with the split squat.
1: Yes, you are listening to Under the Bar. This is the Clean Health Podcast and we're broadcasting out of the Eagle Waves studios located in uh, Cafe Vivo, which is on George Street in the heart of Sydney, just opposite the Apple Store. Very nice cafe, great place to, uh, to run a radio show, and you can actually probably hear a little bit of the clutter. And, uh, general, Very authentic, Tom. General uh, cafe-based authenticity. It's a nice environment to I be in. I might just sip my latte here. <laughs> Superfood of the week. So we're going to have a look at coconut oil. Mm. Uh, on the show today and kind of like what Rawdon said in the last segment we're trying to sort of just layer you from some very simple inexpensive simple things that we do and then you know who knows if we survive <laughs> the length of time we come up with some more advanced stuff later down the track but coconut oil is a wonderful fat and it's important to note that not all fats are created equal and coconut oil got a bad rap for a while there until some well, further. saturated uh, saturated
0: fat that's
1: bad yeah yeah well it's a saturated fat it's a medium chain saturated fatty acid i guess to be not too technical the length of chain being just a medium one actually allows it to be absorbed very rapidly into the cells it has very minimal digestive burden yep. and um it kind of acts more like a carbohydrate yeah. than a fat and in essence that it becomes uh, available for energy very quickly you don't get the associated insulin spike which you would get from a carbohydrate
0: yeah yeah i guess the uh, coconut oil would pretty much be a uh again a staple in the in our nutrition plans that we get our guys to um yeah uh, follow yeah like you described it 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 does you know behave more like a carbohydrate so a, a, a lot less transit time so fats traditionally or saturated fats two to three hours to be digested broken down in the system so Coconut oil and MCT oils as well is a a variation on the coconut oil because MCT stands for medium-chain triglycerides, so you can just get straight MCT. I like to use coconut oil and alternate between that and the MCT oils. An awesome fat with a ton of uh, reported health benefits. Yeah, sure. I mean,
1: it's antimicrobial. Great for gut health. Yes, it's very soothing to various bad bacteria issues which can go on in the stomach. It's very good for intestinal health and bowel function as well
0: yeah you mentioned the uh the antimicrobial gut health uh that's the lauric acid um in there so antimicrobial antiviral immune benefits uh and the caprylic acid as well great for uh the little uh h pylori that you might hear thrown around a little bit of a a stomach infection bacteria in the gut very good at uh antifungal as well so candida type issues in the gut so gut health in general uh the start of any nutrition phase especially if i'm running a cleanse or or some sort of boot camp for the for the guys initially i always use the coconut or the mct oil just to uh, nip any uh any of those gut issues in the bud or or certainly help Uh, plus provide them with a with a great uh, fat source to get
1: their uh, energy requirements up for the day yeah couple of quirky little things if you do ever take a tablespoon of it just get a little bit on the spoon and rub it around your lips Ooh. if you're very daring you can rub a bit between your fingers and maybe massage it into the skin oh. it's quite good for the fine lines
0: i have noticed your uh, foreheads are very smooth of late
1: you've been rubbing a little in there tommy i've been buffing
0: buffing, <laughs> buffing. with coconut oil i like it
1: Okay, training program of the week. The juicy topic of the uh, show, the the program of the week, yeah. The program of the week? Program. There seems to be some sort of issue here, Roden, with having a a segment within a program about a program because one can get one's program confused with one's program. And I've got to say that I'm confused. Oh, yes. And uh, I'm sure that if our listeners out there weren't already confused, well, they uh, certainly are now. Yes. German body composition training... The funny thing about it is, it was actually based off research by a Romanian exercise scientist who was actually operating in uh, Germany. And, long story short, the research that he was conducting indicated that an increase in blood lactate levels yep. caused by lactic acid from training will then increase blood pH, which increases signaling and messaging to the brain to accelerate its production of growth hormone. Ah, yes. We mentioned that earlier. We've established that growth hormone is one of those hormones that's good to manipulate in the realms of fat loss. And so you boil all that down, basically what you're trying to do is a form of training which produces as much lactic acid as you possibly can. And so German body composition or, or GBC training is based around that. And broadly speaking, it's characterized by full body movements, uh, upper lower movements, high repetitions, low rest periods with the primary goal like I said to produce uh, lactic acid so you you wouldn't necessarily focus heavily on load but time under tension and minimal rest periods and like I said it's very unpleasant because you want that burn and in fact if you do it properly the first time or first couple of times you're exposed to this style of training you really should be very nauseous or, or you should vomit.
0: Yeah. I mean, like you, uh, I think you mentioned earlier, a bit of vomit is a telltale sign of a good workout. Yeah.
1: It, like you said, if done
0: correctly, and um, I guess done correctly, you want to specify the uh, tempos for the client. So they're hitting des- the desired time and attention for the set, uh, like how long each repetition is taking, and then how long the actual uh, set of 10 or 12 repetitions takes all up. And obviously, the, the accumulative fatigue that builds up and that lactic acid that builds up is, is something that you're deliberately trying to achieve. So when that client is, uh, you're motivating them to, to drop back into that split squat and keep going and they are going, no, and they drop the dumbbells and you say, no, keep going. Uh, that lactic acid that makes you want to stop, you, you, you want to uh, ride it out for a little bit, as much as they can anyway, yeah. to try and uh, get
1: that hormonal response that you're after. Now, there are different variations of GBC training from an entry level. We'll start there. An exercise like a split squat could be worked in early on in that style of training. Perhaps you focus more on unilateral movements with a a beginner, and uh, that workout is still characterized by a lot of repetitions and little rest, but the movements themselves don't have to necessarily be particularly complex, but but compound.
0: Yeah, um, I always... Pretty much, Tom. I'll always start with some variation of the GBC. Yeah. Uh, It doesn't matter who comes on to train with me. Uh, And I will often go back to the the GBC type. I mean, circuit style program, upper, lower, call it GBC. Um, But yeah, I'll always start with, I guess you would label it a corrective GBC. So I'll be taking care of uh, any issues that were highlighted in the structural assessment that we do down at Clean Health before Mm -hmm. anyone uh, starts a program. So they'll do a, uh, a structural uh, assessment, uh, identify any weaknesses or imbalances, and then I will sort of integrate those uh, movements into that, that corrective GVC uh, program uh, that'll run for the first sort of three or four, up to six weeks if they're a, a, real, a real beginner. But yeah, upper, lower, definitely a lot of unilateral movements
1: in there, but basically setting up the foundation from which you will build thereafter. For the more advanced athlete, Rawdon. You can then move to a more advanced program where you're basically butting up back to back some of those really big foundation compound movements so you yeah. could very well do 10 back squats and go straight into 10 pull-ups and then yeah, 10 yeah. seconds rest Any- into 10 deadlifts and Ooh. then and 10 presses nauseating to the
0: nth degree but with that one time. but yeah you can also uh, with advanced gbc think about bringing the repetitions down and um where low repetitions would normally require a, a much uh, more lengthy rest period you keep the rest periods quite tight So it might be a, a back squat for five into a pull up for a for five But you only have you know 45 seconds rest and then you know 90 seconds rest at the end of those two You know a, a loaded pull, yeah. pull up and a, and a big back squat so advanced GBC can certainly have its place for the, the more uh, clients with a higher training age yeah it's a pretty pretty awesome program
1: in terms of periodization for the more advanced athlete you might not keep them on that phase of training for as long as a beginner
0: no like you would use it um i guess for conditioning and uh and fat loss for a more advanced client but conditioning as well if they needed an athlete in any way uh and they need some conditioning you could certainly use the advanced gbc to get their uh metabolic rate firing and um, their capacity uh built up definitely
1: Uh, This week on the show and every week on the show, you'll be able to actually go onto our webpage and download a copy of the program of the week. And uh, there's a GBC program for you there at cleanhealth.com.au forward slash podcast. You can go there, enter your details and download the program. Awesome. We mentioned at the uh, the top of the show, Rawdon, that this particular program is brought to you by uh, Easy Eating, easyeating.com.au. You're my Michael down there who uh, yeah. sorts you out with the chicken and veg and squid or salad or yeah, beef Fish, salad, white fish. Whatever variation. Y- you like. I mean, essentially, if you're starting a nutrition plan and uh, organization and time pressure are factors which might withhold you from compliance to the plan that's being given to you you can actually contact yeah. easy eating and essentially they provide healthy meal solutions they deliver it to your doorstep they focus on clean whole foods made from uh, fresh local produce it's quite affordable too i think it, i mean it, depending on what you choose
0: but anywhere from uh just meat option for about six dollars uh, a couple hundred grams of protein you know for 6.95 for your salad and a decent serve
1: of protein, so pretty, pretty well priced. It's very reasonably priced, and you know you take the hassle of cooking out of that, and it's um, yeah. it's pretty sensible stuff. So we're giving away each week on the show a seven-day clean health starter pack, which is valued around about one hundred and sixty bucks. And very generous. Um, we're generous, but you got to jump over a couple of, couple of hoops. Oh, so well, hold on, Tom! You're not just giving it away. We they, they,
0: we, we've got to get them to do something. You got to get them to do something. So
1: what, what we've figured we do is we put some weight on a bar. Okay. And, and we, we're going to drop it from a height. All right. And people can guess how much weight is on that bar yep. and email us through at uh, podcast at cleanhealth.com.au. And uh, the first person with the correct answer will get the, uh, the Clean Health Starter Pack. So, so that will it,
0: basically be food for the week. Food
1: for the week. Through easy eating. Have awesome. a listen to this.
0: Ooh, that's Ooh. a tricky one, Tom. It was definitely a, a, an Alico bar.
1: I, I could I could sense it was a high quality Alico bar. Was it? You can hear the rattle of a good quality Olympic mm. bar. We, we might mm. have another little listen to that one again. Okay. Ooh. Ooh, it's tough to tell. I mean, there's a bit of a rattle going on there. A rattle, a
0: little, little tinny. Uh, maybe it's not a
1: huge number, but certainly something on the bar. Awesome. If you've if you've got an idea, like I said, email through podcast at cleanhealth.com the first person with the correct load on that bar... In kilograms? Including the bar, so total load. Okay, yeah. so the bar for everyone that is out there weighs 20 kilos. Yeah. So whatever weight you
0: think we had on either end of the bar, and we dropped it from a, a very lofty height, and uh, let it bounce and recorded it, uh, <laughs> you've got to guess that. So I guess it would be the cor- first correct answer emailed yeah. through,
1: or the closest If no one gets it. If no one gets it, heaven forbid. And Mm. you win yourself a a seven-day clean health starter pack from Easy Eating, valued at $159. Mm. Oh yes, well, uh, time certainly flies when you're having fun. We've covered so much territory on the program already, Roden, yet it seems like we've only just stepped foot into the studio.
0: Well, this is true, yeah. It, it seems like we were outside the studio five minutes ago, but obviously we weren't.
1: At the top of the show, I mentioned that our very special guest on... Very special. ...under the bar this week is the beautiful Rachel Guy. And for those of you who don't know Rachel or haven't heard of Rachel, I guess uh, first and foremost, she's a strength and conditioning coach and highly respected that skill on its own but then um, she's involved in international speaking, uh, educating and she also is the director of Athletic Fox which is a company she created primarily obviously to get women in shape but I think more importantly to empower women to feel good about their bodies and feel good about themselves in general. Anyway, Rachel can tell us more about it. She's in the studio with us now. Rachie, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me, boys. That was a very glowing introduction. I'm I'm blushing.
1: I've just got to butter you up a little bit before we get down to the... I thought it was quite uh, (laughs) an
0: authentic introduction,
1: so covered it quite well. (laughs) So, Rach, we're going to talk to you today about fat loss. This program's a bit of a fat loss theme, and specifically with females as we move through it. But just to start with, when you have a client and they're new to training what is the first few things you look at when addressing a fat loss issue where do you start
2: definitely the mindset um i first of all basically i strip the client down and find out exactly the reason that that they come in to see me it's one of those things you know a lot of people come in and they say well i want to lose 10 kilos well I dig deeper, you know, what is the motive behind losing 10 kilos and, you know, oh, I want to lose 10 kilos because I want to be able to wear a pair of tight skinny jeans. That's still not the real reason. What they really want to be able to do is to be able to walk into a store and fit into a normal size pair of jeans, Mm -hmm. as an example, or to be able to get undressed in front of their husband and and not feel self-conscious. So, you know, you really have to get down to the the absolute nitty-gritty of exactly why somebody is coming in to train with you because, essentially, Whenever, when then the going gets tough, you basically remind them of that reason.
1: I see. It's funny, Rachel, I mean, I guess in a sense the body will follow where the mind goes in the first place. What role do you think in this day and age that social media is playing in perhaps presenting an, an image or a message to females which is not necessarily realistic or attainable for them, and how do you address that?
2: Uh, you know what, I just I came <laughs> across an article the other day that was written by um, a UK based trainer, she wrote this article and it was about uh, that exactly that, how there are so many female fitness model pictures out there with you know ridiculous motivational things like sweat is fat crying. I mean, come on, how ridiculous. That is not the case at all. But, you know, I won't go off on a tangent here, but this is what girls are being faced with on a daily basis. You, you open Instagram, it's all over there. You open Facebook, it's all over there. Same with Twitter. So we've really got to change that and, you know, really hammer home to to realize that these girls who are in exceptional shape they have spent probably four three to four months of contest prep to actually be in that shape and that's not realistic yeah, so no. Something that I try and do with Athletic Fox is, um, you know, you can have a banging bikini body, but you don't need to be shredded. And, you know, there are, and there's nothing wrong with that. And if, if you're gonna compete, then you have to be very, very lean. Mm. If you want to, to do covers of magazines, you have to be very lean. But generally speaking, that's not attainable to somebody yeah. who's working full time, who's got three children, who has to look after a husband. You know, so there has to be that balance in the middle where you can have a great bikini body and you can be lean and healthy. But not not have to go to the extremes
0: I might jump in now you may so jump in. <laughs> just drop my voice in octave. yeah I think it's uh, becoming more and more considered the norm as well like because more and more girls are getting on stage and competing and every person has a, a friend that just competed on stage so now they want to look like that too and yeah like Rach said it's uh, it, it, it's not maintainable long term and for many you know, the discipline and the I mean, Rachel will speak firsthand how hard it is to get, you know, in shape and then get in shape for competing on stage, two vastly different things Yeah. and, um, you know the the people sort of perceive that as, as quite attainable and, and quite easy to get to that shape when in actual fact it's um, it's really difficult and, and being a coach and obviously something that I do for girls all the time to get them from being in good shape to stage ready is, is a huge difference and that and really isn't Maintainable and attainable for for many. Yeah. And even when those girls do do the comp, and then thereafter they're still in, you know, have a smoking body, and they're like, "Oh, I'm fat. You know, I I, yeah. I, I don't have all an eight pack now. I've just got a six pack. I'm out of shape. You know, <laughs> let's do another comp prep." It's like, who's you serious? You know, they uh, neglect to, to tell you that they haven't had a menstrual, you know, a proper menstrual cycle for the last, you know, yeah. year. It, aside from being unattainable for some, and and and. Not realistic. It's just really unhealthy, you know, especially for the females. Males they can get away with it a bit more, but they still have their list of concerns. But females, especially, like it's it's. Yeah, yeah.
2: I hundred percent agree. And you know, the first thing, you know, if the girls if girls come to me and they want to compete, the first thing I'll say to them is, well, okay, well, let's first of all let's get you into a, what I call baseline conditioning. Yeah. And baseline conditioning being, you know, a, a relatively decent, um, you know, well-rounded. Uh, figure and well-rounded bikini body. Make sure there's no injuries there. You yeah. know we've got a, a really good baseline of metabolism, and then I'll suggest that they actually prep for a shoot to start with, because yeah. obviously for a shoot they don't need to be quite as lean first time round. Um, they can see how they look. Mm. You know if they've coped okay with that. Obviously the mental side of competing is just, just yeah. huge. You know.
0: And, and I think Rachel. I mean, again, you'll probably back me up firsthand that the, you know, I thought about it the other day. I was just sort of thinking. To I was talking to a couple of the coaches back at Clean Health and you know just the the amount of eating disorders that are probably created by you know when we get these girls on stage now sure we do things a little bit differently where we we do give them a plan afterwards and we do sort of i guess you know reverse diet them back out if you have to call it something but basically bring their nutrition up to somewhere healthy uh and and monitor it uh, ongoing but you know the 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 amount of eating disorders that that actually manifest from doing a a a show is, is Ridiculous. Well,
1: you mentioned that, Rod, and, and Rachel, you've mentioned a metabolic baseline. And I guess for someone to get lean, they can only get as lean as their as their metabolic capacity will allow them to. So what's your particular method for establishing that baseline with a client who comes in?
2: Um, well, first of all, I basically get them onto what my base level of nutrition is. And it's very, very simple. And I, I have this written all over my, my website and everything. And, and, and all that is, is... Most females are terrified of carbohydrates and fats Mm -hmm. and actually calories in general. So unless somebody's got a base level of nutrition where they're eating whole food sources, so single ingredient foods, we've got rid of any intolerances um, that we need to. And most of their meals are based off a lean protein, lots of vegetables, a healthy fat... They're to add in one serving of carbohydrates after they train, and then also at breakfast or at dinner. It is their choice. Mm-hmm. They're also to eat two pieces of fruit throughout the day. And I don't. There's no counting calories. It's all generalised portion control. Until somebody can actually sustain that base level conditioning and make sensible food choices day to day, whether they're eating out or whether they're eating at home, I'm not prepared to even talk about. Calories, carbs, <laughs> carb cycling, fat yeah. cycling, you know, all of this stuff is just crazy. Unless yeah. we've got a base level of nutrition and, and education in nutrition, why on earth are we bringing in everything else, you yeah. know? And, you know, you just touched on the eating disorder things. So I, I think that's a very honest thing for a, a coach to admit because yeah. not many coaches are, are ever talking about this. But the reality is, is that, you know, I don't actually think this is necessarily a reflection of the coach. I think this is a reflection of... The female psyche and how females work when it comes to extreme fat loss. And when I talk about extreme fat loss, we can go from a a lady who's twenty kilos overweight who needs to lose twenty kilos to somebody who is, you know, maybe like sixteen percent body fat who is dieting down to sub ten percent for a show. The same things happen. You know, you look in the mirror, you're seeing the same things every day. The fit like female's mindset as you know guys come on females we are uh, yeah. pretty complicated mm, very complicated <laughs> um, and I, you know I guess uh, having worked with females for so long y- you know you get to and you guys have as well you see straight through and you see straight away when somebody's ready mentally or not but and, th-
0: I mean you, you, you touched on I, I think I must be uh, have high estrogen levels or something because <laughs> you know I've been uh, uh, as you know uh, been dieting well I don't like to call it dieting but leaning out I guess Going through a, um, a conditioning phase, if you will, but uh, you know it was quite an aggressive phase, and something that that I won't go into a lot of detail now. Aggressive by just uh, the amount of cardiovascular training and um, and uh, nutrition I was I was taking I suppose, but. You know, one of the things that I did notice, I was uh, I had a weekly cheat meal, and the cheat meal sort of was growing into this monster of a of a cheat meal from week to week. You know, and Tom, yeah. I'd tell Tom what I did, and he'd sort of you know have a giggle, and it would be you know chits and giggles afterwards. But it was uh, like physically taking its toll as well. So I mean, just the sugar and the and the discomfort that I had for you know the subsequent days, and the and just the manic. Uh, you know, look, longing for the weekend just to have this this huge influx of sugar and, and disgusting food and now, you know, I've finished the cutting phase you yeah, know, reasonably successful, got to where I wanted to be but now bringing the calories back up, consuming more food having what you described, a more balanced nutrition you know, getting some, uh, not missing any particular macronutrients now, and now, you know, cheat meal comes around the weekend and it's, you know, very modest just have a, you know, a gluten-free pizza uh, you know some chocolate and that's it then that I'm done for the week so I found that 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 I was developing a, a, a and I'll admit it was an eating disorder it was it was yeah disgusting what I was I was chucking in my in, in my body yeah. and it was for a, a stretch from a couple of hour period to you know a 36 hour period I stretched it out mm. you know to the point where I'd sort of middle of the night down you know chuck a few few rows of chocolate in and then, then back upstairs go to sleep you know? and
2: here's one thing that like we can extract out of this for females is as, as a you know you, you said there the first thing you do is come in on a Monday morning and tell Tommy what you did on a weekend right so this is a confess this, yeah you confess right this is what typi- this is typically what happens right female she comes home on a Friday night she's like fuck I've had a long day at work I need uh, I need some ice cream or I need I need my cheat meal so she has yeah. a cheat meal she wakes up the next day and she's feeling like shit so you know the the day starts with um you know it might be a, a muffin because it's a saturday morning you know the first thing she does then is call a friend and says hey you know what like i i had this binge meal last night um i had x y and z and then to this morning i've i've had a muffin and oh well you know you only you only live once like i'm going to go and have a pizza for lunch as well so this whole cycle then starts again she'll then call another friend hey you know what i've been on this now like this 24 hour binge bender where i've eaten x y and said you know what her friend says her friend says oh don't worry you've been training really hard all week her friend is being completely counterproductive to her to her goals so immediately the friend who has been binging um will automatically feel some kind of comfort in her friend saying oh it's okay Mm. the truth is is that it's not conducive to her, to her goals. She needs somebody to turn around and say to her, "Hey, hang on a second. Like you've set these goals, it's not what you want to be doing. So she actually needs to be pulled into the line. So it's and this is something that all of us humans do when we've done something that we know we shouldn't be doing. We'll go and tell a friend because mm. we're hoping that our friend's gonna say, Therapy. "Oh, don't worry, it's okay." Yeah. But um, you know, just notice yourself. Like next time you do these things, it's the first thing that you want to do is like you know when your spouse comes home. Oh my God, guess what? Just Guess what happens? I've just eaten <laughs> this, yeah. and they go, "Oh, fatty!" And you're like, "Oh, well, thanks, but you know, that oh, I kind of feel better because it's a pet name sort of thing, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's, you, it's yeah. a feel-good well,
0: fact." I've got to, I've got to confess that Tom uh, didn't give me the uh, reassurance that it was all okay. <laughs> 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 he would, he no. would suggest that. <laughs> uh, well, may, maybe you should uh, tone it down a little bit and uh, <laughs> maybe try try this where you're not having so much dairy. Now
1: I'm sure your stomach will be a lot better. I'm like, ah. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think so, Tom. But uh, I mean, it was quite extraordinary. It, we'd weigh in on a Saturday morning, Roden would be what 92. ninety-two kilos. He'd come back on Monday and be an even ninety-seven. <laughs>
2: oh, that's quite yeah. impressive. Well, right?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to do a cheat meal, <laughs> do,
1: it do it. Do it properly. Mm. We haven't discussed training, Rachel. I mentioned you're a strength and conditioning coach. What role does uh, resistance training play in your approach to female fat loss? Uh,
2: huge. It's, it's the number one thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, my, my girls do cardio, um, but it is, you know, it's kind of dependent hold on, on, hold on, 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 on the client.
0: They do the C I word. I said the C <laughs> word. You told me not to
2: say the C word. I <laughs> oh thought no. you meant the other C oh word. No, no,
0: that's the C word I was talking about. Oh. Holy smokes.
2: Okay, so I can say that other, other C word? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> right, so um, yeah, okay, let's talk about weight training first. Um, it is the absolute number one thing in female fat loss, um, as far as in, in my professional opinion. Um, I start my girls off even if they haven't lifted before ever. Um, we always start with the very basics. I teach them basically. Um, some form of a squat, some form of a bend nice. movement, usually a kettlebell deadlift, You know something that's very straightforward, sort of breaking at the hips. Mm-hmm. Um, we teach usually um, flat dumbbell pressing or incline bench pressing or incline dumbbell pressing prior to overhead pressing. Um, and then always some form of a pull movement. So it's usually sort of the, the nice. single arm lap pull down um, or double arm mm-hmm. lap pull down, sort of rowing stuff. So the very, very basic moves. And, w- and when they get strong in those moves, then you know we integrate other things. And um, you know, in terms of compound moves versus isolation moves, it, r- it really does depend on the client. I like to teach very early on to be able to put the mind in a muscle. So do I lift heavy with my girls straight away? Uh, absolutely not. Um, mm. You know, I make sure that they're doing, you know, I, I do get them doing lateral raises so, so that they can feel it in their delts. I get mm. them doing heaps of bodyweight glute bridges. You can feel, you know, feel their That's glutes awesome. working. Um, you know, they do a lot, of, uh, they, a lot of body weight stuff to start with but it's very slow tempo so um, and then of course obviously we we bring in the heavy lifting after that
1: it's pretty clear Rachel that you've actually I mean everyone's an individual obviously but you've got a system Mm -hmm. you can tell how she describes the goals nutritionally and then what she's doing training wise what about on the supplementation side of things do you have a a little toolkit that you dip into Um. systematically
2: Yes and no, um, it, it, it really does depend on the client. My typical yeah. fat loss client, I tend actually to keep them away from supplements initially. Yep. Um, they always get put on a greens powder. Um, so I do use a greens supplement, I do recommend usually a protein powder. Um, for two reasons first of all when somebody is just starting this whole new nutrition thing to them quite often They can't hit their protein requirements, yeah. and it's it's easier for somebody initially um, And it's more fun. You know, it's a novel thing to them to yeah. be able to have a milkshake it. exactly right yummy it's, And so a lot of these girls they really enjoy that after training and it's their reward and I don't want to take that away from them mm-hmm. so uh, That's something nice to introduce to them so you know, in terms of supplementation, it, it really then depends on the clients. Obviously, uh, fish oil is a big one, um, a lot of anti-inflammatory stuff, um, curcumin is, is a big one, but I, um, magnesium, huge. All the and then stuff. all the, oh, Just the basics, really. Yeah. And then if I have somebody who's particularly stressed, you know, w- we look at um, maybe some phosphatidylase during, um, after training soup, and pre-bed, but, cortisol, yeah. Yeah, but apart from that, like I really don't have a, you know, a massive supplement list yes. that I give out.
1: What's next on the cards for you, Rachel?
2: Oh wow, that's that is a big question. So, um, I've got two main projects running at the moment. Um, obviously my, my membership site, so the Athletic Fox Blueprint, that's um that's going really well. Yeah. Um so I've got a couple of hundred girls in there, which is it's actually been a really good experience to me and it's 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 taught me a lot even more about the female psyche than uh, you know than I previously learned because obviously I'm dealing with a lot of these girls online, mm. and you know the confessions come up, yeah. and you know I get the private emails, and you know and I can actually see. I sometimes stand back, you know, I put all of these girls into a forum, and I can see the way they communicate with each other, and um, you know I'm, I'm quite strict on my criteria on what they can and cannot post in the forum because yeah. I want to keep it a you know a, a good solid positive and a an honest environment. Yeah. So you know I don't want any of this stuff that they're they're confessing about having a, a you know some kind of a binge and then some. Saying, oh well, it's okay. You know, the, the girls are in and they're very supportive, but they don't sort of fuel that behaviour and fuel activity. So that's been really good. Um, and I've got a, a project running called the Sports Model Project at the moment. Yeah. So that's running over in Bondi. We're halfway through that. We've got, had some amazing transformations so far. And awesome. again, like this is a bit of a trial and error thing for me because it's. Uh, we we had strict criteria on how many well on which sort of girls that i wanted to bring into this program and the criteria was that they would have had to have been training already for six months they had to have had you know good solid balanced nutrition you know already reasonably in shape already training know how to squat you know press deadlift Mm -hmm. you know have good function in their bodies already and the transformations have been amazing and it, it's been one of those things it's been a little bit of sort of tweaking here and there because you know obviously you set the diet plans for a 12 week program and you know we had some girls coming in who were who were already quite lean and actually quite skinny and needing yeah. to put on muscle and then we had the girls who were already well trained but they just needed fat loss so yeah. you know we've had to tweak it here and there um, but generally speaking they followed a similar sort of diet but it, you know I haven't written macros in there. It's all sort of portion control and portion yeah. based around them. And that's not to say Simple. that macros shouldn't be in there. You know, perhaps if I was dealing with somebody one-on-one, they absolutely would. Yeah. But yeah. when I'm training 40 girls at the same time, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's quite True a big that. project. But so it's
1: funny, you can, you can still get a very good result without absolutely. having to, to go into that detail.
2: Absolutely.
1: And How do people get in contact with you, Rachel, if they you know, if they listen to this and they're keen? And as if
0: they wouldn't be keen.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. If you want to chat to me, you can do so uh, by Facebook. My Facebook is facebook.com forward slash rachel pro. Um, I'm on Twitter. My handle is at AthleticFox. Instagram at AthleticFox. And oh, my email is info at
0: AthleticFox.com. RachelGuy.com.
1: Everything will come yeah. up. Don't
2: Google me <laughs> with your parents in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Google behind closed doors. <laughs> That's
1: it. Righto, Rachel. Thanks for coming in, mate. It's been a pleasure to have you in. A uh, very first guest on episode number one. One. Thank you
2: very much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
1: Pleasure was all ours. You're listening to Under the Bar. It's the Clean Health Podcast. And if you uh, want to contact us, you can do so at podcast at Oh, yes. Now a segment you can really sink your teeth into. Cheat mm. meal of the week.
0: Oh, let me just take a deep breath. Okay, Tom, continue.
1: It's funny, this thing about the cheat meal. People, uh, I guess, assume naturally that it's to satisfy some sort of uh, sweet or sugar craving. But not necessarily the case. That is certainly one of the the aspects of having a cheat meal. If you've gone through a week of very diligent nutrition or yeah. perhaps you've been in a bit of a strategic calorie deficit for that week and you need to, to refeed in one hit to sort of bump up your metabolic baseline at the end of the week, then that's where the cheat meal takes it it's placed so yeah. how do you use it, Rorden and what's your spin on uh, on its role in uh, in fat loss?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean fat loss, muscle gain, either of those you you want a healthy metabolism and um although if you were going for muscle gain or hypertrophy you probably wouldn't be in a deficit so you wouldn't warrant the cheat meal quite so much. Yeah. But but for satiety and um and I guess reward, yeah, you know, mental reward, I, I I like to still keep the cheat meal in for my guys that yeah. are the uh, chasing the muscle mass as well which essentially is everyone whether it's fat loss or, or straight hypertrophy um but yeah i guess uh more significant if the guys are or girls are in a, a significant uh like you mentioned calorie deficit if they've been pushing particularly hard through the week they will actually physically need a cheat meal to get where they want to go in regards to continuing uh healthy fat loss um success you know I think that's one of the issues uh, that a lot of people uh, in the industry do is they they're, they're so scared of, of uh, having some sort of cheat meal, and it, it doesn't have to be a dirty cheat meal. Um, you know, I like to avoid the gluten, the dairy, if if the clients can't have it. If they can tolerate those two uh, things, then by all means have a little bit in the cheat meal. But um, it, it can be quite a clean cheat meal. You know, it can be like a. a, a a big serve of, of rice with maple syrup and you know some chopped up banana or something like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be a dirty, um, yeah. you know, cheat meal. But yeah, so it's it's definitely going to have a significant impact on uh, refueling metabolism. It, it's to do with a hormone called uh, leptin, mm. but um, leptin sens- sensitivity will uh, will improve with with the refeed. But a, a healthy metabolism, you so, sort of telling the body that. Uh, hey, whoa, there's calories coming in now, let's ramp up metabolism, let's start burning some fat, we've got more than enough energy, come on, let's go. Uh, and the body goes back into a, a healthy metabolic state and, and continues with the fat loss. Um, extended period where you are chasing fat loss and you are in a essentially a calorie deficit, you have to be to some degree if you are trying to achieve fat loss. And over time, the body's metabolism will sense that uh, you know, the energy reserves are getting too low and they'll ramp down metabolism, slow thyroid, and then your progress will slow. So that's where, uh, and it will vary from person to person. You know, Like uh, some people, when they're very lean, might be able to get away with every you know, few days, to have some cheat meal.
1: But uh, the higher the body fat percentage, the less uh, frequent you'll need a cheat meal we've mentioned that you have some quite famous cheat meals from time to time. Oh, yeah. When I was growing up, I was 15 years old and I was watching the Australian Open and Australian tennis legend Pat Rafter was talking about how he used to have meat pie sandwiches. And I went, that sounds all right, I might have a meat pie sandwich. (laughs) And then I hadn't had one for many, many years and um, I started training and all this kind of stuff. And for a cheat meal one day, I did actually have a meat pie sandwich. It was, uh, I got some uh, toasted focaccia bread. Uh, like gourmet sandwich you, too. Well, Another you need fluffy... actually uh, quite a reasonable, substantial bit of bread to withstand the weight and the spillage from a, a meat pie. Well, they're messy by themselves. They're That's like right, a sandwich. So I had the sandwich. I put some grilled cheese on there. Then I put mm. a, a four and twenty meat pie patty. Then I put mm. some bacon, some egg, oh. some beetroot, some lettuce, mayonnaise, and tomato. It basically, it was an Aussie burger, but rather than a beef patty, it had a meat pie. Wait,
0: <laughs> 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 right, that sounds. Uh... I'm just looking out there into the cafe mate there's a few meat pies and some focaccias I might uh, yes. have to back one of those up and um I'll have a report in next week and yeah, let, let see let, if you know. we can get one put on the menu the yeah, uh, the better yeah. after special. I mean one of my better cheap meals oh, was, yeah. uh, you know. Okay. So a bit <laughs> a big uh, glass sort of bowl. I think they're more like a, a cooking bowl, you know, like uh, none of those uh, fluffy little bowls that you you know normal sized cereal bowl this is a like a you know, salad serving bowl yeah one of those ones you know yes. like you, you're um, going to feed many people you get one of those out anyway you get one of those two litre jug of uh, custard so empty that in boom in she goes and then um, sultanas so you know put in a few handfuls of sultanas and, yeah. um, and the trick is you need to let that sit in the fridge for a few hours and the idea is you get those quite plump, juicy sultanas which are, you know, so tasty when you, you wolf them down for the cheat. So it's tough putting that in the fridge and not eating, you know, having a few mouthfuls. But yes. you resist because it will be worth it. So you let it soak up and uh, get those uh, sultanas get very uh, plump and juicy. Plump and juicy, a, a custard bath. Yeah, anyway, you pull that out and then you get your Ben & Jerry's, so whatever flavor you yeah. like crack it open dump that in the middle so it's sort of this pyramid if you will of, of Ben and Jerry's poking out of this custard bath and then you proceed to eat accordingly uh, with the little blankie over the toes watching a bit of sons of anarchy on the uh, the plasma very rewarding <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: no doubt after a feast like that you'd probably be looking at working some carnitine definitely in, into your, uh, your intravenously supplement, <laughs> supplement regime carnitine is one of these um one of these weapons that you can use in the fat loss battle essentially it, it's a compound derived from um biosynthesized amino acids yep but basically its role in the living cell is to transport fatty acids during the breakdown of such lipids to generate metabolic energy. Yeah,
0: into the cell of the mitochondria, so it helps yeah. to
1: get the fatty acids into the cell.
0: So it can be made by the body, so the kidneys and liver can actually make uh, carnitine. You can also get it from food, so uh, animal meats, dairy. So you can get your source carnitine from food, so you yes. don't have to supplement it. Uh, but if you are deficient in it and you're not getting enough uh, nutrition, or your body has poor... Uh, reserves or stored uh, carnitine then it will play a very significant role in, in, in helping fat loss because you know you you, you break f- uh, fat down from the from the cell through your uh, being in a calorie deficit doing cardiovascular training doing weight training whatever your weapon of choice is uh, and then the fatty acids uh, need to get into the cell to be uh, burnt and oxidized into you know to ADP back to ATP will basically to produce energy and that's where the carnitine will, will
1: play its role it's significant role if you are deficient in the carnitine so with your guys how do you like to administer them or what dosage do you prescribe
0: well because you've got to, to be a little bit careful with we've this. got to err on the side of caution Tommy
1: most definitely because too much carnitine and over a length of time it can be Bombs quite away. <laughs> disruptive to the uh, to the digestive rhythm yeah yeah look
0: I mean it can uh, certainly loosen up your, your uh, stool that uh, is usually dosage related and um, you know you titrate it up with any of the supplementation that we're talking about you know, there should always be titrated up so you start small and work up to the recommended dosage but with, with the fat loss and supplementation with my guys it's a matter of dotting the i's and crossing the t's so I know that they're doing slash taking anything that can help their fat loss so for them I like to go anywhere from 10 to 15 grams of carnitine per day but that's, that's for a competitor that, that's really trying to accelerate fat loss uh, but for the average punter a 3 to 5 gram serve of carnitine a day first half of the day you know when they first wake up empty stomach if they're doing any sort of cardiovascular training uh weight training so first thing in the morning when they get up with their green drink lemon juice whatever you're doing first thing first thing in the morning uh three to five grams that's like a a teaspoon of carnitine l carnitine is the form that's used by the body so it needs to be acetyl l carnitine or l carnitine that's what they need yeah um derived by the amino acids methionine and lysine if you want to get all uh, uh, (laughs) techy and uh, scientific not that we're trying to be works uh, synergistically very well with uh, fish oil so the fish oil the omega 3 from a a cellular perspective will uh, give you healthy cells so the communication between the cells is is much easier but the carnitine and fish oil work very well together so if you were taking carnitine some fish oil would help too but 3-5 to grams of carnitine first thing in the morning uh, will certainly help you uh, in regards to fat loss Tom
1: That has been the program Program under the bar here, the Clean Health Podcast. Thank you very much for uh, having a listen. Um, if you want to contact us, you can. Podcast at cleanhealth.com.au. Rawdon, anything you'd like to wrap up before we leave the airwaves?
0: No, I guess, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. First time uh, out of the gates. Uh, <laughs> stick with us. I'm sure <laughs> it's going to get better and better over the coming weeks. But, yeah, hopefully, like uh, like we said earlier, you know, we'll lay down that nice foundation Starting with the basics and working up from there and uh, getting everyone up to speed uh, in regards to fat loss and building muscle and, and basically being healthy under the bar.